Hello there Grace Vineyard, Sandy again. We've been going through uh, the Sermon on the Mount recently and we've had some really really good talks. They've been very practical, very helpful. So thank you very much preaching team. Hopefully I can follow on with some inspiring teaching. Uh, today I've entitled my talk Going Against the Flow. It's the next part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' words are extremely challenging. Jesus is a very hard act to follow. This is today's passage from the NIV Bible. This is Matthew 7, 13 to 23. So it says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognise them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and then thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognise them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons? and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount for quite a while now. We've seen that the kind of upside-down kingdom that God wants us to be part of is very different from the world around us and the one that it values. Last week, Oliver's sermon was challenging us to stop making judgments about each other. Jesus seems to encourage things that the world around us despises, things like putting other, other people's needs before our own, doing things unseen, whether we get praise for it or not. He tells us not to strive for success or public approval. We must not put our trust in our family or what we do. He encourages us to give in to God's will and to surrender everything to what God wants us to do. Jesus gets to the core of our sinfulness, where it starts, in our minds and our motives. We've all sinned, even if we've only thought it, and never actually carried out the act. Keeping the law of Moses was impossible, but now Jesus makes it absolutely impossible by pointing out that it's, its roots in our minds. We're all selfish at the core, and we do selfish things. But that's what the Bible calls sin, which separates us from God. The only way that we can fulfil the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, is by admitting our own inadequacy and asking the Holy Spirit to enable us. I'd like to read today's passage again, but this time from the Message Bible version. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easy-going formulas for a successful life that can be practised in your own spare time. Don't fall for that stuff. 
even though crowds of people do. The way to life, to God, is vigorous and it requires total attention. Be wary of false prophets who smile a lot, dripping with practised sincerity. Chances are they're out to rip you off in some way or another. Don't be impressed with charisma. Look for character. Who preachers are is the main thing, not what they say. A genuine leader will never exploit your emotions or your pocketbook. These diseased trees with their bad apples are going to be chopped down and burned. Knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What's required is serious obedience, doing what my father wills. I can see it now. At the final judgment, thousands strutting up to me saying, Master, we preached the message. We bashed the demons. Our super spiritual projects had everyone talking. And you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourself important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. Following Jesus is like going against the flow. It's countercultural. You may have heard it said that following Jesus is like swimming against the tide. Have you seen the opening credits of the Chosen series? It has a load of fish that are swing, swimming anti-clockwise. Some of the fish change colour and they begin to swim clockwise against the flow. It's a symbolism about how we have to change direction when we begin to follow Jesus. I've also heard that the Christian life is like going up a down escalator the wrong way. What makes it even harder is that there are lots of people going down the escalator and they try and stop you and they sneer at your attempts to climb up. The Christian life is a difficult one to live. It means, means submitting to God's control of your life. Even those who do follow Jesus can easily get sucked into trying to do it by religious rules. Sadly, as churches get established, they try to follow Jesus by formulas and rules. The rules become more important than the loving attitude or being led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus fought very hard against the religious leaders of his day. He hated what the religious people did by trying to tie the people up with rigid rules. There are things that would definitely lead you away from God. We do have to follow rules, but our core motivation must always be love. Today's reading told us how to recognise those who are following the way that Jesus is teaching us to live by, and that's from the fruit of our life. This is what Jesus taught us about being fruitful elsewhere. This is John 15, uh, starting at 1, from the Message Bible. I am the vine, the real vine, and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And every branch that is grape bearing, he prunes back so that it will bear even more. You're already pruned back by the message that I've spoken. Live in me. Make your home in me, just as I do in you, in the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine and you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, 
the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is deadwood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you, if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. I've loved you the way the, my father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. Kept my father's commands and made myself at home in his love. I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy may be your joy and your joy wholly mature. This is my command, love one another the way that I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do things that I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I let you in on everything that I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember that the root command, love one another. You won't produce fruit by straining, by working or trying. You produce fruit by being joined to the vine, by being led by the Holy Spirit. God produces fruit in you. Your job is just to remain joined onto the vine. The more you open yourself up to the leading of the Holy Spirit, the more Christ-like you'll be. God can only bless the parts of your life that you give him. If you withhold parts of your life and don't include God in it, then don't expect God's blessing on it. We won't get closer to God by doing nothing. We have to study his instruction manual for our life, the Bible. You get to understand how God moves the more you study it. It will always teach you new things. Even familiar passages suddenly have new meaning when God reveals things to you as you study the Bible. It's not just a good to, to read it, you have to act on what you've read, put it into action too. The closer you get to God, the more you'll want to do as he asks. That last passage talks a lot about pruning. The most fruitful branches have been pruned. Sadly, prune, pruning usually means pain. God doesn't inflict pain on us, I don't believe that. But he does allow us to go through painful situations. He uses that pain to get our attention. The most Christ-like people are usually the ones who've suffered in some way. Jesus had a tough life and we should expect a tough life too. God, our Redeemer, uses suffering to change us and to mould us. Sadly, it does grab our attention like nothing else does. God has made us all different. We need to celebrate that difference. 
There's only one human quite like you and you must rejoice in your uniqueness. It also means that our Christian journey is unique. There are basic principles to follow, but the fine detail will depend on you. We have different, different characters and strengths. We have to adapt the basic Christian principles to what works for us. Our midweek teachings recently by Alexander Venter talk about dancing. Dancing for me has a similar appeal to drinking a cup of cold sick. I think I've wanted to dance at least twice in my life. I think it's because it's something that's very openly visual for others to see. I'm a shy guy. I hate public attention and I don't want to draw attention to myself. I'm, I'm uncomfortable about speaking in public too, but I do this because I know that God wants me to. He's invested in me a talent to teach and I just have to swallow my dislike for public attention and do what I'm sure that God wants me to do. He hasn't told me that I have to dance yet. Well, if he did, I wasn't listening. I do like worship songs, singing. I put Bible passages to music to remind me of their truths. Those of you that were at church before lockdown will have heard me singing at the front. When I first started to sing up front at the church, Mark would move the microphone closer to my mouth. I was quite happy not to be heard. I'm happiest when it's just me and God. Sue will tell you that I'm even shy of her hearing me sing. It puts me off when others are listening. But I draw close to God as I worship him in songs and I try to do it as often as I can. My journeys to and from work are in the car around the M25. It's a great place for me to sing to God without an audience, redeeming what could be an unpleasant task. Driving around the M25 isn't nice, but I can use this time to get close to God by worshipping him. It works for me, but it may not work for you. One of the things that suffered during this pandemic is that we can't worship together. We play YouTube songs and the idea is that you should be singing along. I suspect that many of you don't. One week I got a glimpse of lots of you during the worship time and I noticed that hardly anyone was singing, worshipping. I don't want to get religious about it on you and say that you're breaking the rules, but if you don't sing along then you're missing out. I'm very aware that trying to worship on your own is harder, but please try for your own sake, not because I tell you you've got to do it. Why do we worship? God is not having a bad day. God does not need our reassurance how great he is. He does not need our worship. We worship God because we need to be reminded about how wonderful God is. So please try and sing along to the songs that we play for your own sake, not because I tell you. I'm going to risk embarrassment in a minute and play you a recording of me worshipping in my car. Those of you that know me better will understand that I hate recordings of myself. So I don't really want to play this to you. I play it not to show you how I sing. You all know how to sing. 
I play it to grab your attention to the words of the song. This is a prayer put to music. It's by Hillsong United. I'm hoping that you'll pay more attention to seeing my embarrassment than if I just played a recording of the song. Please listen to the message and the prayer of this song. Hopefully it won't sound too awful and I'll try not to listen too much. Anyway, who cares? I've only made this recording because I thought this is what the Lord wanted me to do. I'm trying to listen to the Holy Spirit and be obedient. No. 
So, you've just had a glimpse into my secret place. My place where I'm alone with God, where I choose to worship God. I prefer it just the two of us. You will have to find out your own ways, things that help you to be more aware of God. I don't expect people on your train journey would appreciate if you suddenly burst into song. You've got to adapt how your character works and what your circumstances are. We all have to be inventive to seek God for the things that draw us closer to him. It'll be slightly different for each person and we mustn't judge others for not doing it the same way as we do it. I'm creative so I seek God creatives, I seek creative ways to do it, drawing me close to God. We must find connections to the Lord every day, throughout the day. It's the only way to stay in tune with God, to find out what we must say and what we must do. You can't just come along to top, up, top yourself up on Sundays, it won't work. It has to be done every day and repeated through the day. It's not easy. There is no easy quick route and you won't find much encouragement from the world outside the church. If you look on the church website you'll find a load of Jules meditations recorded during last year's lockdowns. There's a whole host of spiritual survival tips on those talks. Find them and see if there are things that will work for you. Thankfully, our leaders are servant leaders. They're not pushing their own agendas. They're not seeking personal glory. They do their job because they believe God wants them to do it. We must treasure and nurture this. And we must not get proud of what is good in our church. It's far from perfect and the good sides of it are only there because of God's blessing, not with clever planning or charisma. We must walk the narrow, narrow path together, seeking God. We must be there to encourage and help one another. Don't expect everyone else to be a clone of you. They will probably want to do things differently from you. That's all part of being unique. We do things differently because we are different. Being someone who likes to be silly and mischievous, I like this next image. Dare to be different. And please remember the church strapline, encountering God, encountering people. This is what we must do. We must listen for God, listen to God, so that we can attract others to God. Only by living guided by the Holy Spirit will that be possible. So dare to be different. With God, the impossible is possible. Thank you.